0: positive heads welcome to a very special episode dedicated to none other than you the peaheads themselves i am your Head enthusiast and hostess for the day alexa hauser I have been blessed to have the experience of helping out with Positive Head social media for the better part of a year. And through my digital interactions, I began to realize, as did Brandon, that we have some incredible beings listening to this show who are taking the information that Brandon puts out through the podcast and using it to transform their lives and create wonderful things. You listeners are all a huge, huge part of the life force that propels this show forward through time and space and we think it's time to bring forth some of you beautiful reflections and delve a little deeper into this collection of energy that is the positive head community so as we shine the spotlight on our listeners what we'll have them do is share their stories of how they attracted positive head into their life the transformation it's facilitated for them and what they're focused on creating now that they're in a more positive head space Also, this episode of the Positive Head podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at gaia.com slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com slash positive head. Check it out. Hello, all you positive heads. On this week's P-Head Posse episode, our guest is positive head listener, Princeton Clark. Princeton is a self-mastery coach, spiritual teacher who has been teaching self-mastery for the past 15 years. He is the founder of Evolved Mastery, and his purpose is to impact millions of people through his personal gifts, impact billions of people through the Evolved Mastery platform that he is building, and to leave a legacy that shines light long after he transitions from this essence of life. Hi, Princeton. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, what's going on? How are you?
0: Very well. Very well. I love I love this intro. There's I and I love I, it's crazy because I've seen, you know, this is one of those things where like I've seen so much of you and we've interacted a little bit online, mm-hmm. but we're like finally connected. And I'm so excited to just hear everything that you're about and what's going on with you. So I'm happy that you're here.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm super excited too. I appreciate you guys having me on the on the podcast, you know, shedding, shedding a little more light into more spaces of the world. You know, it's, it's super exciting.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so why don't we start at the beginning? Um, would you mind, you know, giving us just kind of an overview of your story, like where you come from, how you got on this spiritual path and how you ended up, you mm-hmm. know, where you are now?
1: Okay, I'll try to condense this into <laughs> as small of a increment as I can. Okay. Um, you know, I, I haven't always had the easiest li- easiest of lives. You know, a lot of people say, you know, Prince, I wish I could be like you. I wish I could be, you know, so positive and motivated all the time. And I tell them, you know, I haven't always been here. You know, when I was younger, um, I went through a lot. I was abused mentally, physically, verbally, and emotionally as a child. I was molested between the ages of nine and 11 and uh, didn't really realize what was happening to me, you know, until about age 16, I remember sitting at my grandmother's house and, you know, she was watching the, this is an old talk show called the Phil Donahue Show. And, mm. you know, that episode was about victims of domestic violence. Well, there's a man on there and he was talking about his experiences and they were so similar to my own that, you know, I remember sitting there and listening to this and my entire body just got hot you know, my face, my ears, I can still feel it. You know, just this rage shot through me because I felt so, at at that moment, I felt so violated. You know, I felt like I I had gone through things and, you know, I started feeling worthless, which led to, you know, in in high school, um, struggling with my grades. I started struggling with depression in high school. After that happened, um, went through this series of events that led me to really start contemplating suicide and My mother and father found a letter in my room while my mom was cleaning my room one day where I'd written about committing suicide. And, you know, of course, being in high school, they took me to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist put me on medication and I didn't take the medication. I was, I was stubborn at that time. I wasn't listening to anyone, you know. And so they gave me the Mm -hmm. medication and long story short, I didn't take it. Struggled with that, barely graduated high school, missed out on opportunities for scholarships, for track and um, other opportunities, barely graduated. But, um, ended up getting involved with drugs and gangs and, you know, all of that when I got out of high school and, you know, my high school sweetheart at the time, we had broken up. We were just friends at the time, but she was like my best friend. Um, we ended up getting married when I was 21 and thinking, you know, this will, this will make everything better. You know, this is just, I just need something to care about, you know, and we had my oldest son at the time and, uh, she got pregnant with my daughter, my next oldest and, you know, she had her issues. I had mine. Long story short, we went through a lot early on, um, with that. And it took me down an even deeper spiral. I was drinking so much at this point that I had bleeding ulcers. I was throwing up blood, you know, I was coughing up blood because I smoked so much and, you know, used drugs. Like I said, I sold drugs and I was fighting all the time. And I mean, I I've been in situations that most people only see on TV, you know, shootouts and you name it. But, um, At the age of 23, after going through everything that I went through, I found myself at a point where I had a gun in my head and I pulled the trigger. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, if he really wanted to commit suicide, he would have committed suicide. He wouldn't be here. Well, no, I actually pulled the trigger and the gun misfired. And Mm. I always tell people it was in that moment that although the literal bullet did not fire, a conscious one did, because in that moment, something in me shifted you know, and I didn't really understand what was happening at that time, you know, but being where I am now, I can say, you know, I, I came to an awakening point, you know, and, and I realized that although I'd gone through everything that I'd gone through in my life, it it wasn't those things that dictated where I now was in my life. It was how I chose to respond that dictated where I, I was now and at this point in my life. And, you know, of course it wasn't just this quick shift, you know, it started that, that night, you know, but throughout that week, a couple of other events took place, you know, where I really came to the end of myself. And I remember, you know, one night, I believe it was a that Friday night, um, the end of the week I had gone out, I'd been, my ex-wife and I were living at my sister's house at the time. And, you know, I've gone out, I've been drinking and, and, and hanging out with my friends and getting high and, I came back and I remember just sitting at the table. I put music on and I just remember, you know, just feeling so angry, you know, and I took a steak knife and I lit the tip of it with a lighter and I stuck it on my arm, you know, like this, and I couldn't mm. feel it. You know, I, I lit the tip of it and with the lighter and I held the flame to it again. I put it on this arm. It's like at that this, this point, I just wanted to feel pain. I felt like I deserved to feel pain and I didn't know what was happening with me. I felt like I was here, but not here. You know, so many different things were happening on the inside of me. And um, all of a sudden, after I did it the second time, I started shaking really bad. And I went into the bathroom and I got uh, wet napkins and I just put them on my arms. And I was just sitting here and my arms were just shaking. And, and, it felt like something was pushing on my chest. You know, that uh, it sounds crazy. Well, not I'm talking to you guys, so it, <laughs> it d- doesn't sound crazy to yeah. you guys, you yeah. know, but I just felt this, like this pressure, almost like the Heimlich, like something was pressing on my chest and mm. I'm sitting there on the edge of the toilet like this and I'm just shaking. And all of a sudden I, I just opened my mouth. And when I opened my mouth, I just yelled, what do you want from me? And, and mm. when I did that, As I said, you know, I've tried everything in my power to be who I want to be and nothing has worked, you know, and and this voice spoke to me and it was so crazy. I mean, I understand it now to be my higher self, but at this point in my life, you know, even though I grew up in the Bible belt, I was atheist. I heard people talk about God and love and all this stuff, but I never saw it, you know? So I just heard this voice and it spoke back to me and said, that's your problem. You've Mm. tried everything in your power to be who you want to be. Now try this power and let me show you who you are, and mm-hmm. and I remember closing my eyes at that point, and when I opened my eyes, I was I was almost on my tippy toes, and my arms were outstretched wide, and my head was back, and tears were pouring from my eyes. Now at this point, I never showed emotion. You know, I was angry. As a matter of fact, probably about six weeks prior to this happening. My own mother had come to me and said, you need to get back in the church. You need to give your life to Jesus, change your life, or you're going to end up dead or in jail. And I looked at her with a straight face and I said, if one more person says something to me about God or Jesus, I'm going to kill them. Mm. Like, so as you can imagine, going from that state to being where I am now, like something crazy was happening in me because I didn't show emotion. But at this moment, it felt like everything that I ever felt, everything that I ever pushed down was, it was just coming out. You know, and I, I couldn't hold mm. it back. I couldn't lock it back down anymore. And you know, I, I closed my eyes again, and when I opened my eyes, I was on my elbows and my knees in the floor. And at this point, I had cried so much that there were literally, literally puddles of my tears in the floor from where mm. I cried so hard. And I remember saying, <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing at the time, but I remember saying, God, Jesus, universe, source, whatever, whatever, if, if you're real, if there is something, if you can take away the pain, the anger, the hurt, the feelings of resentment, if you can take this away from me, I'll die for you. Mm-hmm. And the voice came back again <laughs> and said, it said, you were never sent to die. You were mm-hmm. sent to live. Mm. And in that moment, I it I felt like everything fell off of me, almost like this. You always hear people say it, but to actually experience like this weight, you know, it fell mm. off of me. And I stayed down there probably another five to 10 minutes. I can't remember how long, but I got up out of the floor in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and all I can say is I didn't see Princeton anymore. I, I didn't see the anger. I didn't see the hate. I didn't see... You know all the fear, the worry. I didn't see the former person anymore. It was almost like looking at a reflection that wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just kind of went and sat out on the couch, and I fell asleep. And I remember waking up that next morning, and everything was super bright to me. That's all. It's like every the colors were bright. You know, it was almost I was really sensitive to light, and. It was so crazy because, I mean, I was just talking and this this week following that, my parents thought I had a nervous breakdown, you know, because I went from being this angry person who was fighting all the time and cursing people out, every other word out of my mouth, was a curse word. I went from being that person to in a week, literally walking around and and talking to people and saying, do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how special every moment is? Do you know? (laughs) You know? And so they're thinking, you know, (laughs) what has he done? Like he he's overcompensating for something right now. Like did he break the law? Like he's being too nice. Like Princeton's never this nice, you know? And so I could understand that, you know, being where I am now. And, but that's really what set me on a path to, uh, My own spiritual journey, my own path of self-mastery. And it started, again, growing in the Bible, growing up in the Bible Belt, I didn't know what was happening to me. So, of course, the first place I started was the Bible. And um, I ended up in a year, I still didn't go back to a quote unquote church um, because in a year, you know, I wanted to know for myself. I started studying the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic. I started. I read the Bible from beginning to end. I bought a student Bible, a Strong's exhaustive concordance, and you know all these other books because I just I was I went into this phase of just wanting to know you know what what is the underlying what was happening to me and were there other stories out there like my own and in this time I, I was led like I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I would just feel led. You know, to just go talk to people in the same streets that I sold drugs in, the same streets that i had been in fights in and all this, all these things. I would just feel led to go talk to people. And I remember one night specifically going out and I just walked and walked and walked. I don't know how many miles into town. And I got there and I just started talking. There was people that were still up, you know, again, people that were drinking and partying or, you know, using drugs, the old crowd that I used to hang out with. And I just started talking to them. You know, and telling them, you know, like, look, you don't have to live this life. You know, it's a choice. Like, we all make choices and our choices bring us to where we are. Um, But long story short, you know, that night I found myself surrounded by this group of people, you know, and next thing I know they're hugging each other. They're crying and I'm hugging them and I'm crying and
0: Mm.
1: I just... It was then that I I, I felt my calling, I guess you could say, you know, and and I said, you know, if I could live the rest of my life impacting lives like this, and I I had no idea, you know, the range at which I would grow, you know, or, or what would come out of me from that point, you know, but that's where the journey really began for me, you know, stepping into this path and really taking on the path of self mastery, you know, myself and realizing just how powerful we are, you know, and, the next step was really an, one other night. You know, I was led out and I was led down this one area where, you know, these guys, I'd been in fights with them. You know, I've been in a shootout with them before and just crazy stuff had happened. And, you know, I was led to go. And so I parked my car at the top of the hill because the road that I was led to go down, it's a dead end road. So even in that state of being, I'm like, okay, I'm not driving my car down in there because if I drive my car down <laughs> in there, I'm going to have to... There's no way out. I'm going to have to come back the same way I came in. So, I parked my car at the top of the road, and I walked down, like, kind of zigzag through the woods into that area. And, you know, as I knew they would be, they were sitting outside. And so, I walk up, and... Uh, when they saw me, they, they recognized me as I entered under the light and they were like, we think you're in the wrong neighborhood, (sighs) you know? And so they walked down, you know, off of the porch, they walked down and they're in the street facing me at this point. And one of the guys pulls a gun and he puts the gun to my head. Mm. And, and I just looked at him and I said, you know what? None of us living this life want to live this life. I said, you know, and, and this body for me has done nothing but caused me pain my entire life. So if you pulled that trigger, you set me free. I I have no fear. I'm not, I'm not worried about anything. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. But if you're going to pull that trigger, my last words to you are, I love you. And you may never hear that again, but I love you. And Mm. all of a sudden his hand started shaking and and he, he he fell in towards me, and as he fell in towards me, you know, I kind of braced myself. Like <laughs> wait, let's like, <what's> go, <laughs> you know. But he fell into me, and then his his friend kind of jumped, you know, because he had a, there was a friend standing to the right of me, and so he kind of lunched like what's he, what's going on, and, and he fell into me, and I just grabbed him, and he started crying on my shoulder. Mm. And it was in that moment that it just hit me how powerful, not just saying I love you is, but how powerful the vibration of love is, mm. you yeah. know, because so many people talk about love and flowing in love and being in love, but are you vibrating love? Mm. You know, are, are you being love? Mm. You know, because it's easy to talk about it. It sounds good. It sounds good mm. on audio, and, but are, are you truly standing in a power that can shift the energy around you completely? Mm. You know, because if I say, oh, I'm walking in love, but yet every time I turn around the situations or circumstances around me are affecting me, you know, I'm not standing in the power of love because I'm one of, one of the guys that I used to read a lot. He said in one of his books, he said, one of two things are going to happen in any given environment. Either you are going to impact it or it's going to impact you. Mm, And I realized you know, as as I continue to grow, because I have had several instances like that where I've led to, been led to talk to people and even say things to people, clairvoyantly, where you know there was no way I could have known it, you know, and there's so been so much expansion, you know, but just condensing the 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 conversation right now, um, yeah, yeah that's really what began my journey, and that's what awakened me, and and I realized that. You know, I am here to be love and to evolve in love so that I can bring the light and energy of love to this world and shift, literally shift the environment. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, any person who crosses my path, you know, whether it's in a podcast or, or in, on a video or someone, any person who enters my presence, they will not be the same when they leave because I live and flow from the energy of love. You know, and I know and I, I I, firmly have faith in its ability to shift everything, you know, mm. and that's pretty much where it began, you know, and I've, you know, for the past 15 years, you know, I have evolved, you know, and mastered, you know, I always say master mind, body and soul. Those are the three foundational stones of self-mastery, you know, when you realize that when you say the mind, I'm not speaking of the brain, the brain and the mind are two completely different things. You know, the brain is a system. It's like a computer, You've been recording all these things your entire life, you know, all your all your actions, non actions, your your words, your emotions are all controlled by thought, you know, but I am not my thoughts. I am the observer of my thoughts. I am the mind behind what I create, you know, Mm. and so being present in the mind of being in the presence of being, um, you know, I've had to learn how to master that you know, and, and could take control of my mind to the point where I become completely observant in every aspect of my life um, and physically being present energetically in my body, understanding the the spiritual, emotional and physical cues that my body gives me and how I respond or choose not to respond. And uh, soulfully, you know, e- understanding that every the soul is the glue that holds it all together, you know, and so being deeply connected in the mind and the soul of creation as a whole, you know, learning to master each one of those areas. You know, the past fifteen years—that's that's what I—that's what I've I've done, and and that's what I continuously do because we're always expanding. You know, I never say I, I I never say I'm perfect. I never say I know everything. I'm just a student, and I know nothing. I know only that which is revealed to me to know. You mm. know, and at each moment that is evolving because the moment I try to defini- make something a definitive is the moment it's no longer truth. You know, mm. but because truth is ever evolving you know, and, you know, and so, yeah, you know, I could go on and on, but, uh, (laughs) you, you,
0: you could, because I was totally transfixed. I was just like, yeah, like I'm getting a full (laughs) download rate. I love it. (laughs) Everything, (laughs) the story was like, again, I was like seeing it as a movie. I was like right there with you. I was like, wow. I, I, well, I wanted to ask you, you know, I really loved the, I mean, so many parts of that story so powerful so so powerful and i'm constantly mm-hmm. blown away by you know all the different stories that i hear of all the different you know uh, each one of us who kind of goes down our own path to get to where we are now to get to this place where we all have come to with you know positive mm-hmm. heads for example um where we're all kind of on the same wavelength um and the part of the story where you were talking about where you went and, you know, the power of love and how this man just Mm -hmm. like crumbled kind of in your arms. Um, You know, how do we live in love, like live from love? Because I feel, and you were alluding to it already, that there's kind of this like misconception about it. Like a lot of us are like, oh yeah, we're coming from a place of love. We're coming from a place of love, but that's not really like the power of love. So how can we, tap into the power of love and live from a place of love in that way
1: oh wow (laughs) you know that sounds like a really difficult question to answer you know but it's it's almost so simple that it's it's hard to believe Mm. um when we talk about living from a state of love first there has to be a realization you know that you know all the things that that we think are love remember um when when i talk about love i'm speaking of unconditional love a like mm-hmm. unconditional state of being you know and so in order to truly step into unconditional love i have to first learn to love myself you know unconditionally but i have to also in this next step of that learn to love others selflessly you know, and that's what brings together unconditional love, understanding that we're, we're all on a journey. We all have our own path. And, and, you know, we've all made these soul contracts. And I always say, you know, we have this earth curriculum that we each go through. Each one of us has a curriculum that we've made in a, uh, an agreement to grow through in this lifetime. You know, and mm-hmm. just like in school, some of us learn a little faster, some of us learn a little slower, you know, but we're all working to to get that same degree. We're all working eventually through this lifetime or another lifetime to get to that same degree of love or enlightenment mm-hmm. through love. Um, you know, and so learning to be love, you know learning to flow in love now is all about first becoming formless. you know you have to literally die to yourself or the idea of self. In a sense, in order to even begin to step into this level of love, because we all have these ideas of self, you know, this me, my and I complex or ego, you mm-hmm. know, but it's hard to fully step into love if you have not fully died to the, the, the idea of self or the idea of ego that you have attached your idea of self to. You know, and so if you truly want to step into love, you have to first learn to love yourself. Learn to let go of all the preconceived notions, all the preconceived ideas. You know, what you feel makes you you and realize that you are so uniquely formless. And even though you have this body, this body is not who you are. Your circumstances are not who you are. The situations of your life, which you've gone through, are not who you are. You know, you are unlimited. You are superior you you are source experiencing source in a different way consciously in this round you know and so in order to, to fully step into love to be love is to be formless it's to look at your life and realize you know for i'll use myself as an example you know me being where i am now does that change the fact that i was abused no you know, does it change the fact that I was a mo- I was molested? No. Does it change the fact that I was in gangs and selling drugs and on drugs and so on and so forth? Does it change the fact that I tried to commit suicide? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and people just ask, you know, how can I? How can you speak so easily about it as though it it, it didn't happen? Because you know, it, it's not happening to me anymore. You know, and at the end of the day, even if even if something does happen, because we can't always control our circumstances, but we can always control how we respond. So when we talk about being loving and flowing in a state of love, what, what what that stems from is our ability to stand in the power of ourselves, you know, our ability to stand in our power to create our own reality and realize that how I respond to any given situation in this moment, in this moment of now, is creating the next moment, you know? And so, mm-hmm. if I don't want to create more of the same insane cycle or more of the same responses, I have to now learn to step into my power, you know, as a creator, you know, and I have to learn to step into my power to continuously flow. You know, as I've always flown. You know, in, in the in the spirit. Um, are you st- are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm so it's, I'm
0: so into what you're saying. I'm sorry, I'm so quiet.
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It, I'm, I'm sorry on my end. It t- it told me that the signal was lost. So I just wanted to make sure. Oh
0: no, I'm here. Uh, okay, we're good. Um, but.
1: That's a, it's a spider web question because everybody, again, everybody's on a different journey. Everybody's curriculum, life path curriculum is different, Mm -hmm. you know, and we all learn love through different ways, through different experiences, you know, and, and there's, there really is no blueprint. You know, it's, I always say every person is like a combination lock, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I learned how to love literally. It wasn't something that I chose to do on my own, if I'm completely honest. I was brought to the end of myself after trying to kill myself. I literally tried to give up, but there was something, there was a divine purpose. You know, there was, there was a divine order that kept that from happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm still here to tell a story, you know, and to share the light of what has been birthed now from that story, you know, but I learned to love myself. And for me, every moment that I breathe from now, and I guess this is something that I could give to, you know, the listeners, um, you have to live your life. You know, when I say I love myself, see after trying to commit, commit suicide, what I realized is that the moment from the moment that that bullet didn't fire from that gun, every moment after that was a gift, mm. you know, and, and I refuse to live another moment of my life. Living less than I have the potential to live. I I refuse to live another moment of my life, my life, not loving myself, not loving others, not infusing love into some aspect of the world. I don't have time to be depressed. I don't have time to be worried. I don't have time to be frustrated. I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time because every moment I live, I live is a blessing to me. It's a gift to me. And see, when we get to a place where we realize that the next moment is not promised to us, The next breath literally is not promised to us. You know, we start living in each moment of now, understanding that right now is the most powerful moment that we have, because how we choose to respond right now is going to dictate the next moment. And how we respond in that moment is going to dictate the next moment. And those moments become our future. You know, the past are are past moments in which we had an opportunity to respond a certain way. And how we responded brought us to this moment of now. How we respond right now and in every single moment is dictating what our future will be. You know, and so there's an infinite number of possibilities. But all I know is for me, I want my future to be filled with love. So what does that mean? I have to respond with love in every single moment. If somebody do, I mean, does that mean people don't offend me or come off negatively towards me sometimes? No, not at all. It still happens. I'm I'm human like everybody else, but I refuse to give them power. I refuse to give the search the circumstances or the situations power in my life. you know and so it's like, okay, what I what I've learned to do is take a step back and, and tell myself their journey is their journey. People are people. Mm-hmm. You know they are where they are as a result of their own journey and their own curriculum. You know, and just like in school, you know how you, you have people taking the AP courses, the regular courses, and then you have people who take the slower classes. You know, they, some of them call LD classes or whatever you want to call them. You know, some people go to alternative school. You know, they, mm. they're just all in different curriculums. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm any more or any less than they are. It just means that their, their curriculum is teaching them something right now, but I can assist in that process by being loved. Because if I can be the light of love, then I can shine light and show them something that they may not be used to seeing. You -hmm. know, they may not be used to experiencing, you know, and so I'll never let another person's negativity. I've become very vocal about, you know, the energy around me and I won't just position myself around certain people or circumstances. When you love yourself, you have to create healthy boundaries. Mm. I mean, you love other people, you have to give them space to be where they are and choose their path. When certain circumstances happen around you, again, you have to stand in your power and ask yourself, you know, how much do I love myself? How much does this now moment mean to me? What do I want to create for my future right now? You know, and when you start realizing that in this moment, you're creating something and you truly believe it, because a lot of people say, oh, I know that, you know, how many people have you talked to and they're like, oh, I know this stuff. Oh, I already heard it before, whatever, whatever. The truth is people say they believe. But the thing about belief is belief is an action word. If I say I believe something, then I have to become the the substance and the evidence of what I say I believe. Otherwise, I don't believe it. I just know it. I know Mm -hmm. something about it. You know, I can pick up a book and I can read a bunch of information about, you know, conscious expansion and self-love and I can say, oh, I know all about it, but have I embodied it? Mm. You know, and see, so a lot of people still struggle and see, I'll even go back to the message of Jesus. And like I said, I'm not a religious person, but I believe that as an example of someone who walked in a state of Christed consciousness, Mm. you know, that full, full life of love, you know, he's a great example, you know, because, and in his message, the religion has completely distorted his message, you know? And, um, you know, I I realized this when I was studying for myself and and then I ended up getting a bachelor's in biblical studies in Eastern religion because I wanted to know like all these founding beliefs that we follow, what was really said, not what we've been taught in Western culture, but what was really said, Mm. you know, but I realized, you know, even in the message of Jesus, he said, if any man chooses to follow my path, to follow this state of being, to follow this way of life, he must first deny himself. Then and only then can he take up his cross and follow me. You know, but his message, I always ask people, you know, what was Jesus's message? Especially when I'm talking to religious people and it's not any negative, negative thing on them, you know, but I always prompt questions to people to really get them to think for themselves and think beyond the programs. Mm. Um But I asked them, you know, what was his message? And the first thing I get is, you know, that he came to die on the cross to save us of our sins, you know, so on and so forth. And I'll say, no, that's not that's not what his message was. His message was repent. And in in, in Aramaic or or Hebrew, that word means to turn within, to come back to, you know, Mm. repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is before you, you know. And he said, you know, in one part of it, he says, you know, don't listen to men when they say the kingdom is here or the kingdom is there. For I tell you. The kingdom is in you, you know, so turn back to the kingdom, go back within, you know, you miss the mark, you know, and you live this life that is less than what you have the potential and the power to live in because you focus so much on the outside. You focus so much on, you know, what's happening around you, but we got to go back within. We got to learn to love ourselves from this space, realizing that we are creative beings. And with each breath, we become something new. With each breath, we have the power to manifest something new in our lives you know and i feel like i'm just kind of all over the place right now but
0: no i know keep going <laughs> i <I'm> like so <laughs> i'm so like hanging on every word i'm like yes yes <laughs> i'm learning so um, much right now
1: it's it's just amazing you know but uh yeah like i was meditating one day and back in 2005 all the stuff is in my book by the way i just finished writing a book oh. uh, awakening your inner master the journey of self mastery uh and it, that'll be dropping before the end of this year. Awesome, uh, where can
0: people get that when it drops? It's gonna
1: be on Amazon and I'll be promoting it online. I'm gonna give the first 100 copies away. Awesome. Uh, and so all that information will go up on my website at evolvemastery.com and they'll be able to know when that's gonna be dropping and how they can get a free copy. Um, because I believe first and foremost, it's all about adding value. You know, mm. if, if if this isn't about Princeton, I always say Evolved Mastery is not about Princeton you know, it's beyond the idea of Princeton. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not even about Princeton. Princeton is nothing more than an idea that I showed to the world. Princeton <laughs> is going to be whatever I say Princeton is going to be, you know, you yeah. know, it's just, I'm in a different place, you know, but I want to add value to the world. I want to add light to the world. And, you know, and so you can get it on Amazon when it and when it comes out. Um, and eventually it's going to be on Kindle and on Audible. I am going to do an audio book as well, but- awesome. Um, well, actually, I'll keep everybody
0: huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just actually I was kind of while you were speaking earlier, it kept popping up in my head to ask you about um, since you're speaking about adding value to to ask you about, you know, lack mentality, because when you were speaking about love and living from the state of love, truly like the power of love, you know, what was popping into my head was like, well, the reason that a lot of us really don't is because we have. We live in a state of lack, you know, a lack of mm-hmm. love, a lack of whatever it is. But really, it comes down to a lack of love, a lack of self-love, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious of y- your perspective of this lack mentality and, and maybe how to uh, transcend that or or how to, you know, how to yeah. how to deal with that.
1: <clears throat> well, first off, we have to realize that, of course, lack is a state of thought you know, Mm -hmm. it's a state of being, you know, that starts in our moment. If, if, if I were to ask, ask myself right now, am I lacking anything? No, I'm not. I have everything that I need, Mm. you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things where in every single moment, in that moment, we have everything that we need and I can't get love, you know, and I, I love the book. There's a book called the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm. And, you know, What, what I love about that book is there's a story in there where he talks about, you know, this guy who didn't believe in love, you know, he didn't believe in love at all. And then, you know, he met this lady on a plane, he was traveling, and she didn't believe in in love either. And they had this great conversation, (laughs) you know, about how they didn't believe in love and so on and so forth. Um, You know, but they started hanging out quite a bit because they realized they had so much in common. And then at one point, you know, she leaves and she goes, and she's not there. And he finds himself missing her. And then he asks himself, could this be love? Mm. You know, but he goes on, (laughs) you know, he goes on and, you know, he starts thinking about all that he wants to give her, you know, well, he goes to give her, he takes this, this light, this, this aspect of himself and I'm condensing it and breaking it all up. But in short, he tries to give her, you know, this love and she drops it and it breaks into a million pieces, you know? And the moral of that story is, it's it, it, you, nobody else is responsible for your love. Nobody else is responsible for your state of being. No, nobody else is responsible for your happiness. You are responsible for that. You know, I used to be a victim, you know, and really that lack mentality comes from being a victim. You know, it comes from looking at my life and what I don't have and what I've gone through and how this person did this to me and that person did that to me. You're keeping a record of so many different things that have never happened for you. And you're not adding stock or giving stock or adding value to your own life to your own breath to your own state of being you know i i i love myself so deeply that i share that love everywhere that i go you know i don't i don't need to find that love does it feel good to be appreciated yes it does but i don't rely on other people to give me love if i am missing something or i feel a void within me it's up to me to go deeper to really find okay where where is that void You know, why do I feel like I am lacking something? Because again, it starts with the thought. So what we have to ask ourselves is, why do I think this way? What program is running that makes me feel as though I am lacking something? You know, what, what have I attached an idea to, an idea to that I am not receiving right now? That's making me feel as though I am unfulfilled in this way or, or some other way. You know, because really, when we start feeling this way, it what that really shows is that we have not been giving ourselves the self-care that we need to. You know, we say, well, I, I want to feel more love. Well, start loving yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because you are neglecting yourself. You know, nobody else, you know, if everyone else in this world passed away and went on, guess what? I would still be here. I would still have to choose to wake up every day. I would still have to choose to find something to be grateful for. I would still have to find a reason to love myself and be grateful for myself, you know, and, and, and to be grateful for every experience that I'm blessed with. You know, nothing else will dictate that to me. You know, it's, it's, it's your, I always say it's your responsibility or your ability to respond because it's like the saying, if you change the way you see things, then the things you see will change, mm. you know? And so if I start thinking and lack, If I start perceiving that I lack something, then the things that I am paying attention to are actually mirroring back to me that which I am not giving to myself. You know, and so I have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, I'm not investing in myself right now. If I'm feeling like I'm lacking something, it's because I've been ignoring some aspect of myself. I've been neglecting myself. I haven't been loving myself. I've been making myself feel worthless. I've been making myself feel like I don't matter. I've been making myself feel like so on and so forth. And we victimize ourselves Mm. because we're trying to get something from outside. But again, repent. Go back to the kingdom. Realize that everything that you need is right there. It's all right there. And when you start again... Again, this goes to what we say. We know your vibe attracts your tribe. When you start flowing in a state of love, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start attracting the energy of love. You're going to start attracting more people, more circumstances, more situations that vibrate at that same frequency because this is what's happening. As we raise our energy, we're shifting our frequency, you know, and so if we're still vibrating and this is what's happening to a lot of people in this uh, spiritual movement, you know, so many people are reading the books and they're getting the knowing without embodying the wisdom behind the knowing. And so mentally in their brain, they have all this information that tells them that they that they should be, you know, able to walk in this power and 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 love and be this love, but they haven't embodied this love. And so they're still flowing on a state of frequency. That's vibrating at a level that keeps drawing everything that they're lacking. But the only reason it's drawing it universally is because those things are mirroring to you that it's time to step it up. You know, it's time to shift your vibration because you now know that you shouldn't be flowing here anymore, but you're choosing to flow here now. You're choosing to stay in a negative state or lower state of being, although you have the wisdom, you have not embodied that wisdom to raise and elevate your vibration. And this is why we call many aspects of spiritual growth practices. You know, but people are not practicing what they need to practice. Just like an athlete, he's not going to get better if he's not practicing what he needs to practice to elevate his game. Well, spiritually speaking, if we're not practicing what we need to practice in order to elevate our mental, physical, spiritual and emotional game, then we're not going to elevate to our next level of flow. Or playing, you know, we're not going to be able to give 110% in each one of those areas because we haven't been practicing it. And that's why I always tell people that mastery, you know, anybody can say, you know, oh, I'm a life coach. I coach people. I talk, you know, <laughs> I could, I could, I could know absolutely nothing about a sport and read a book and go coach somebody about what I just read in the book. Hey. You know, but when I say I am a self-mastery coach, you know, it's something different because now I have to embody the areas of mastery that I'm teaching other people. Nobody can look at my life and say, "Wait a minute, he hasn't mastered." You know, he hasn't mastered. You know, his ability to love everyone. He hasn't mastered his ability to be present in every moment. He hasn't mastered his ability to do whatever it is. Like I, I live to master my life. But what does that mean? That means I have to put into practice every single day. I have to put in the practice self-love. I have to put in the practice meditation. I have to put in the practice focusing only on positive things. I have to put in the practice putting in positive energy where things seem negative on the outside. I have to put in the practice shifting the energy around me. I have to put all these things into practice in order to shift my vibration because ultimately the universal vibration is the vibration of love. Mm. You know, and so if I'm not feeling enough love, it's because I haven't shifted my vibration. I haven't been putting in the practice and therefore I'm flowing in a lesser vibration than that, which I know I have the ability to flow. in.
0: Mm. I'm just, I'm just staring at you. I'm just in I'm just like, you're speaking directly to me, <laughs> like directly <laughs> to me and probably directly to everyone else listening as well, because you're in a state of love. And like when you speak, the, I mean, what you're what's what's impacting me so much right now is <clears throat> just realizing, like, I feel like lately I, I've personally have been bumping up against people. People who are just so connected. I mean, as we've been talking about this whole interview, so connected to the vibration of love, so connected to source, so connected. And it's impacting me in a way where I'm just realizing when you are connected, I mean, and this is, you know, what Abraham Hicks talks about all the time and all the other teachers, Mm -hmm. when you are connected, just your being, just your presence, just your, you being around someone else, um, can can awaken them or can um, speak to them in a way that they could not hear or feel before. And it's so mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> it's so wild because <laughs> someone else can be very, very, and you were just saying this, someone else can basically be very, very knowledgeable, can know all the things, right? And can say them to you. They can say, hey, these are mm-hmm. the things we need to know. But- but it's not the same. It doesn't feel, it doesn't mm-hmm. have the same impact as when you are literally connected to source and then flowing that love outwards. And I'm just, I could literally talk to you for days. <laughs> days. Um, it's funny. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. No, no,
0: you go ahead. Oh, I, I
1: was just gonna say it's funny because all my friends are just like, man, like, I could talk. They say the same thing. They're just like, man, it's something about your voice and your energy, and yes, and it's 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 amazing, you know, because it's it's humbling to me every time I hear that, mm. you know, because it's like, wow, like, who am I, mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, that I've been given the ability to do such, you know, but again, it goes back to also owning uh, through self love, owning confidently that you know this didn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. you know, I had to do the work. And that's what I always tell people, you know, it always brings me back to telling them, you know, this don't see me as being more than you or less than you. I, I'm, I'm simply doing the work I'm putting into practice, the things that I'm learning, mm. you know, and that's, that's really what it boils down to, even when it comes to coaching, it's, it's more about putting in the practice, you know, and showing them how to put in the practice. But more than that, it's, it's my style of teaching and speaking is a little unorthodox because I flow based on energy. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to give you a bunch of workbooks to work through and <laughs> a bunch of diagrams to fill out. You know, it's, it's it doesn't work that way with me. You know, it's like, let's look at your life. Let's look at what you're creating in your life. Let's look at what you want to create more of. Let's look at the potential because I always say you are the root to the tree of your life. And if you don't like the fruit, then you can prune those branches all you want, but you're only going to grow more of the same. You got to get back to the root. You know, we got to go back to the root and realize the root. What are we nourishing that root with? You know, because the universal tree that we are, this universal spiritual tree incarnated in this world, being fruitful in this world, you know, can grow an abundance of fruit. It can grow all types of fruit, you know, but what is at your root? What do you have the potential to grow? What are you meant to grow? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and that's, that's really what we have to ask ourselves in the tree of my life. What am I meant to grow? What am I meant to be fruitful at? What am I meant to manifest? And where am I nurturing or failing to nurture my root, my being, so that I can create that, so that I can create these experiences, so that I can create a deeper, deeper flow of of love and 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 compassion, mm. you know, and, and sympathy and empathy you know, so that I can expand in my being to the point where I become more than just this body speaking words. I become an energetic force of change. I become an energetic force shifting every single thing around me and sending a ripple effect out into the world. You know, because, you know, I I say... I, I have, I, I I don't mean, even mean this in a negative sense, but I have some qualms with the whole spiritualist movement. Mm. You know, um, it's become more like a religion, yeah. you know, and, and 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 the problem with that is, you know, everybody's spiritual now or woke. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you're not. Like, you're completely missing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, I was telling my mom when I went back to visit recently, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, such and such just started a church over here, number one, The word church in the Greek was ekklesia. It never had anything to do with the building. The word church actually meant those who have been called out. So the church wasn't a building. It was a group of people who had awakened to the Christ consciousness within, Mm. who were sharing that such an extreme state of love that it was shaking and shifting every city that they went to, Mm. you know? And so when we start walking in power, when we start, when I say I am spiritual, of course, everything is spiritual. Everything stems from spirit. But have you embodied spiritual knowing, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people are lacking is that they have the, 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 know they have the, 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 the words, they have the information without the knowing. And, you know, you know, we'll see the 11, 11. So I've been seeing it all the time. Okay, good. That simply means you're exactly where you need to be. And whatever lessons you're meant to be learning right now, you know, you need to be learning those lessons. And also, it means that you need to be really paying attention to what you're putting your attention and your energy into, because this is a time of expedited growth. You know, this is a time of expedited creation. We're, and the more we move forward, the more we're going to begin to see this. So you have a lot of people, especially you've seen it a lot in this 11 year. You know, you have a lot of people who have been so spiritual and they're like, why am I going through everything that I'm going through this year? Well, it's because that the energy of the 11, you know, and it's crazy because I'm, I'm also an 11. My life path number is 11. So it's the it's the number of the master teacher. So you're you know? 11 and, so, and a two. Yeah, 11, right? yeah. two. Yeah. Got it. And, you know, I with that. Everything that I'm teaching, I've had to live because my entire life path has been about learning lessons to teach others. But it's also been about not allowing myself to get so high because that 11 vibration is very high. It's very it's very in tune intuitively to the higher things, which makes it hard to ground. Mm. But the two side actually helps me ground that 11, you know, and so I've had to learn what it's like to flow extremely high, but also flow low and still connect the two, mm. you know. Mm. And so when I'm talking to other people and it's like, it's great, you're on the spiritual high right now. That's awesome, <laughs> you know, but are you grounding it? But see, because see, what happens is we'll get on the spiritual high and we'll hit the slope. And I actually talked about this in, in the uh, positive heads group. I posted a live video about it. Um, it's the ebb and flow, right? So when we talk about the ebb and flow, of life, you know, once we start the spiritual journey, which our entire life path is a spiritual journey, the only difference is some are aware of it, some are not. Right. You know, but from the time we come here to spiritual journey, we're all on a spiritual journey. Right. You know, not just those who had some sort of spiritual experience. No, we're all on a spiritual journey. Right. Some are just aware of it, some are not. Some are aware of it on a deeper level than others, so <laughs> on and so forth. Um, but in the ebb of flow of life, what happens is as we begin to awaken and become more conscious, we reach these peaks of very high energy, very high flow. And we start getting these downloads and it's so amazing, you know, and then we start feeling that decline and we're like, I don't, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. I don't, (laughs) I don't want to go back down there, (laughs) you know, but that's important. It's like, what we have to understand is when we hit those peaks, it's like the universe saying, all right, I'm about to download into you everything you need. For the upcoming challenges and the upcoming tests just like in school the Mm. teacher will teach you everything you need to learn so that when it's time to take the test you will grow you will evolve and you'll be ready to move on to the next level So if we want to keep these highs, we can't just stay here. We get that information and then we start on that downslope. And as we start hitting that downslope, as I said in that video, don't hit the brakes. And that's what we start doing. We start hitting the brakes. (laughs) But what does that do? We start losing momentum. We start slowing down. We start slowing and in doing so, slowing down our vibration. And we get to this low place and we're like... Man, I don't want to be here. I just—I was doing so good. I was doing so good. And life is like, okay, well, if you want to get going again, apply what I taught you in that high place, apply the wisdom that I've given you, embody it so that you can enlighten that low place and raise the vibration so that you can be back in this place. It's Whoa. a reason why we go through that vibration or through that ebb and flow. You know, it's like the universe is like, okay, I, I'm going to take you to the high place, take you down to a low place where you're going to be tested. And your whole purpose is to raise your vibration so that you can bring that low place to a high place, Wow! you know, and then keep that flow. But what happens is if we keep going back into that, I call the valley of slopes, if we keep going back into that place over and over again, and it's like, I've already experienced this. And then we go to the place where it's like, I want to read more. And then you pick up a book and it's like, the book isn't saying anything to you anymore. And you throw the book across (laughs) the room and it's like, nothing is speaking to me. And so, well, it's like the universe saying, I've already told you everything you need to know and you're not applying it where you are. So there's, you're full right now. You can't even feel anything else into your cup because there's things in you that you need to release that you're not releasing. Wow. There's goals that I've given you that you're not a- achieving or working towards. There's a passion that you haven't even started to build upon. There's a vision that you've been inspired to speak through that you're not utilizing. So I can't put anything into you until you empty out the vibration of love and flow that I've given you to push uh to, re- to relieve or to release into the world. Wow. You know, that's what it's all about we don't get high just to stay there and say oh i'm so spiritual and i don't want to go back i can't wait to leave this world you're here for a reason yeah you incarnated for a reason and every lesson in your curriculum on your life path is meant to bring you into those places so that you can raise the vibration in those areas that you hate so much
0: yeah wow i i love that like that because i'm a very visual person in the way you just because mm-hmm. i'm seeing you right now and the way you just explained all of that That makes so much sense to me. And I go through that all the time where I have these (laughs) huge high peaks. And I was talking to my friend about it this morning. She was going through and she's like, I don't understand what happened. I mean, it's the same thing. And I totally Mm -hmm. get that. Like, And one of my favorite phrases right now, just because it just applies all the time. And I feel like it's just such – I just love like the idea of leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. So it's Mm -hmm. like you're saying. It's like you go down there and you're supposed to level up and we're all supposed to raise together. I mean, I – Ugh, anyway, I, I love how you just explained that. I feel like you just revealed a mystery of life to me, I swear. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, uh, you're welcome. Well, God, Princeton, I could actually literally talk to you forever and ever and ever, and I, I cannot believe an hour went by. I I don't want this to end, um, <laughs> but so before it does end, because we're we're like I said nearing an hour. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, is there anything else that you feel uh, is important that you want to share with everyone? I mean, you just gave us huge, huge, huge downloads. So, but is there anything else that you feel is really important that you want to share before you go?
1: You know, just the biggest thing that I can give you is to just enjoy the process. You know, I know that, you know, the challenges that we've signed up for in this life are not always easy, but we just try to find a a place of gratitude in those challenges, knowing that you were the one that chose those challenges before you came. And even the challenging people and circumstances that come into your life, they're all there serving a purpose on your life path. Everything that's happening is happening for you, not to you, Mm. you know, and so when you can learn to just embrace that, you know, that's the the greatest thing that I can leave with everyone is to love yourself and embrace the challenges because your challenges are nothing more than opportunities for growth. You know, they're Mm. nothing more than opportunities for you to expand. And as you would say, level up
0: mm love it. Love it. Thank you so much. And uh, you mentioned it before, but do you want to mention your website again and how people can reach out to you also if they want coaching?
1: Sure. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me, my website is www.evolvedmastery.com. I also have a podcast, Evolved Mastery, on iTunes Ooh. and on um, CastBox. If you have a Android phone, um, you can also download it. From the website directly, if you go and you can um, to my website, it, there's a download link, so you can download it for free directly to your computer. Save it, put it on your phone. However, you do that through Android or iPhone, um, whatever your preference is. And I'm subscribing. Um, Evolved Mastery, everything across <laughs> social media platforms. I'm in the process of rebranding everything right now, so um, I'm relaunching Evolved Mastery in the new platform in January. It was Princeton Clark Coaching, but I'm doing away with Princeton Clark because this is bigger than me. It's, it's about us. It's about evolving us, you know, mm. and stepping into a, a new level of power. Um, so everything has evolved mastery on social media now. And I'm looking to connect with other people, you know, to build this platform. If anyone wants more information, they can contact me through the website or directly through social media. And like I said, more information will be coming for the book as well as I get closer to the release date.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Princeton. This was an absolute pleasure. I feel um, thank you. blessed. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>
1: Bye. And likewise, love. You do the same. Okay.
0: Awesome. That's it for this week's episode. If you're a listener with a story to share and are interested in being featured on a future episode of this special series, you can email me at alexa at positivehead.com. period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A.com slash positive head. Check it out. Otherwise, tune in next Friday for another P-Head Posse episode. And until then, as Brandon always says, journey well.